0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Are You Freaking Kidding Me podcast with me, Joe Vigiano. On this episode, uh, we're going to discuss in detail the Giants' woes. Uh, We're also going to talk about uh, a little bit of the uh, playoffs and a little bit about uh, decisions made by the Yankees. Uh, Yeah, this should be a fun episode to listen to. Uh, I'm a little heated today. You're uh, not uh, hearing it just yet, but stick stick around. It's about to happen. So let's get into uh, the Giants here. Um, not going to hide this one at all at this point, but the uh, the Giants are an embarrassment at this point uh, after Monday night's performance at home, losing 24-3 to to Seattle. Now, don't get me wrong. The Seahawks are a good football team. The Cowboys in week one. Good football team, but the Giants have literally thrown away any sort of home field advantage that they have had in their two home games. They lost week one, as mentioned uh, a while back uh, with the Cowboys, 40 to nothing. They played back-to-back road games, uh, beating the Cardinals and losing to San Francisco. And then they uh, played at home uh, on Monday night. Against Seattle, losing that one twenty-four to three. So in two home games, the Giants have given up a total of sixty-four points and scored a grand total of three. And I'm gonna put it like this: you want a you want a home crowd to turn on you? Play exactly like that. You continue to play like that, you will have the home crowd booing you out of your own home stadium and make it more making it more of a. Uh, hostile environment against you instead of it benefiting you and the giants are uh doing more things now to uh to annoy the fans further and and take fans off further so i'm not sure how much uh how much longer this coach has uh as head coach of the giants if uh the struggles continue you know, it's one thing to lose games. Losing games is never good. But the way the Giants are losing these games, they have played four games now. They are one and three. You can get over the fact of one and three, if they, you know, if they actually played hard. It's a tough schedule for the Giants the first the first four weeks. Um, of those first four games, they played three playoff teams in those first four games. And uh, they lost to the three playoff teams and they beat the one that wasn't. You can understand that, but let's take a look at the scores against the three playoff teams. Week one, a 40 to nothing loss to the Cowboys. Week three, a 30 to 12 loss to San Francisco. So now uh, that's two games against playoff opponents uh, being outscored 70 to 12. Week four, losing to Seattle 24 to three. So now you're looking at being outscored 94 to 15 in the three games against playoff teams. Mind you, all three of those games were also in prime time. So they didn't just embarrass themselves in front of the home fan base, they didn't just embarrass themselves on, you know, regional TV. They embarrassed themselves in front of a live national audience for all three of their losses. Just an embarrassment. This is an embarrassing football team. And I will say this. The Giants defense finally showed up for an entire ball game. They played really well against Seattle defensively. Their defense did. They played really well against Seattle, and and I'm going to look at it like this. They gave up, sure, people are going to say they gave up uh, 17 points, but I don't see it that way. They gave up, uh, they they gave up what, 10 points? In my mind, they gave up 10 points because that that sack fumble uh, that was recovered by Seattle – where they took it all the way down to the Giants' nine-yard line. Come on now. You're going to hold the defense to that one? Get out of here. That's a joke. The defense, yeah, they gave up a touchdown on that that series, but most teams would have given up a touchdown on that series. You can't hold that against the Giants' defense. Daniel Jones threw a pick six uh, in that game as well. So that was 14 of the 24 points scored by Seattle in this game. So like I said, the Giants their defense truly were responsible for 10 points. Uh, the offense was responsible for the other four the other fourteen in my mind. Um, just like I said, just an embarrassing performance by uh by the offense. And then you want to add in the special teams, you absolutely can. Now, when it comes to the Giants offense, one, Daniel Jones did not have a good game. Let's just call it like we see it. He did not have a good game, but he was not the only culprit for how bad this, this offense performed on Monday night. The Giants offensive line has been atrocious in all four games they've played this year. They're giving up an average of over five sacks a game, and uh, Seattle bumped those numbers up quite a bit on uh, on Monday night as they sacked as they sacked Giants, uh, you know, quarterbacks eleven times on on Monday night, eleven sacks by the Seattle defense. Now we're not talking about the Legion of Boom, Seattle defense here. We're looking at we're talking about a team that was giving up over 25 points a game in the first three games that they played. And the Giants couldn't move the football against them. They couldn't block any of these guys. They did nothing to get in the way. And then this team I I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take for these guys to get their uh, heads out of their rear ends and start playing some actual football here. It's an embarrassment. Monday night was an embarrassment for the Giants and for their fans. What else can you really say? Just an embarrassment, an embarrassing performance from the head coach all the way down to the last man on the roster they were not ready to play they had 11 days between games compared to seattle's 7 and they could not figure out the seattle offense or the seattle defense they couldn't figure it out they couldn't figure out a game plan they couldn't be fully ready to play their defense had fresh legs their defense they played hard they got to the quarterback they did things that they haven't been able to do all year in in the game on Monday night. The Giants offense, it looks like they don't know what's, what's in the playbook. They don't know what's in the playbook at this point. I, I don't know what it's going to take because uh, it's clear as day that this team was not prepared from the start of the season. And four weeks later, the mistakes that they're making are the same mistakes they were making in week one. The sloppiness, the same as it was in week one. And this, this is on multiple people. Ultimately, the, uh, the blame needs to be uh, put right on the shoulders of the head coach, Brian Dable. And I'm sure he would be the one to, uh, to take ownership of that because he's the head coach of this team. But this team is just, I, I can't even explain it. I can't even explain what they're doing. And the part that bothers me the most is that they go in there and they may have a good drive early in a game where they're running the ball down, down the uh, throat of the defense and then they don't go back to it or they don't stick to it. I've never seen a coach and I've never seen a play caller just completely throw away what was working in the first series of a game. And and just completely abandon it altogether. Like I've seen the Giants do multiple times already this year. They need to get better at playing their game. Just straight up going in with a game plan and sticking with that game plan. They're not doing that. And it's clear that it's not it's not working out for them when they uh completely abandon their game plan but there's other things that they did in the uh in the preseason that clearly haven't worked um one being they didn't they didn't play their starters pretty much for any of the preseason except for one series you you think that doesn't have an impact on uh on how they're playing right now they're not they're not looking crisp they're not looking like a team that's been practicing together for uh, you know since the end of July beginning of August they're not looking like that team they're looking like a team that they just got put together about uh, you know 4 weeks ago and and got told to figure it out another thing they messed up is that they've been rotating the line or they were rotating the uh, individual per individual personnel on the line, instead of trying to build a cohesive unit, they were building a bunch of individuals. Well, the line is only as good as their weakest individual, and right now their weakest individual in the line, um at least on Monday, was once again Shane Lemieux. How this guy still has a job in the NFL is beyond me. He blocks about as well as I do. And I can't block worth anything. So uh, that tells you how great Shane Lemieux is at uh, at blocking the uh, people in front of him. Outside of Shane Lemieux, the other uh, the other weak link on the line is uh, Evan Neal. And Evan Neal, in my opinion, needs to just shut his mouth and start playing some football. Instead of trying to take shots at uh, the people that are criticizing him, a.k.a. the fans, because of his atrocious performance as the right tackle, he needs to work on improving his craft. Listen to the coaches. Then again, maybe not because the coaches uh, apparently aren't doing anything to make anything better for anybody. But if they were actually going out there and actually coaching the team, listen to the coaches. Start doing your freaking job. Let's not take shots at the burger flippers and, and the hot dog makers that are criticizing you. By the way, the, those were his words uh, at the fan base, uh, not mine. So as far as I'm concerned, you want to take shots at the fan base? Here we go. We're going to take shots right back at you. Shut up and play the freaking game. You suck right now. You're a huge reason why Daniel Jones is getting killed on a weekly basis. Do your job. Protect the quarterback. Allow him a chance to succeed. Because you give him time to throw, guess what's going to happen? Your offense is going to move the football. Instead, you're not blocking, and you're just taking the criticism, and you're trying to turn it back on fans. Instead of getting better at your craft, get better. Block. That's all it is. Get in front of the man and make sure he doesn't hit your quarterback or your running back. That's all you got to do. We're all tired of it, Giants fans. I'm I'm as tired of it as the rest of you are. It's ridiculous. You want to see good football. You don't want to see crappy football and what they're putting out on the field. They've only been in one game, and they've only been in one game because they had an incredible second half. They've played four games, and for three and a half of those games, it's not just that they, that they were losing. It's that they weren't even in the games. They, were, they fell behind quick, and they fell behind big quick like it's an embarrassment how how can any giant fan be enjoying this season right now unless you're watching other teams play there's no way you've enjoyed a single moment of football this season and at this point i would recommend that you watch other teams play because you might actually get some enjoyment watching other teams play uh instead of watching your own team play i'll tell you what though if Brian Dable doesn't turn this ship around, and if they come out flat once again against another good opponent, another playoff team, uh, on Sunday against Miami, you gotta, you gotta, ha- you gotta figure he's gonna be in the conversation of uh, of being on the hot seat. This is just an embarrassment. It's an absolute embarrassment the way that uh, this team has come out in the first four weeks of the year. And they need to wake up, and they need to wake up right now, right now. Well, now that I got all that off my chest about the Giants, and and I'm just I'm just sick of it. I'm just sick of of just bad football. Let's get into uh, the embarrassment known as the New York Yankees. Yeah, like I said, this is going to be a fun episode today. We're we're only in the early uh, stages of it, and. Uh, Uh, I've already gotten heated up, and I'm not done. I'm not done because the Yankees uh, have decided that uh, they're going to settle for mediocrity yet again next season. Um, Obviously, no word on Brian Cashman, but uh, all indications are that he will be back next season. Uh, There is news about the managerial front, and the 2024 Yankees manager is... Aaron bleepin' Boone. And I'm saying it not in the fun way this time. I'm saying it out of annoyance. Now, as I've mentioned before, I don't don't put all the blame on Aaron Boone for how bad the Yankees were this year. But he certainly had a huge part of it. The Yankees, at this point, like I said, they have decided that uh, they're okay with being mediocre. And... You know, as a Yankee fan, watching these playoffs, it's just irritating me even more that, that, that they're keeping the same people in charge and they're going to expect different results. You know what that's called? It's called insanity. It's insanity. Doing the same things and expecting something different to happen is insanity. Insanity. And that is what the Yankees are right now. They're an insane organization because they are uh, just setting themselves up for another year of, well, we don't care if we make the playoffs or not. We're going to just act like we're going to be close to the playoffs again and um, be okay with it. And like I said, I've been watching these playoff games at this point, and the Texas series is uh is one as a Yankee fan don't get me wrong i'm very happy that Texas is moving on i'm very glad that they beat the uh the Rays but it's got to annoy you as a Yankee fan watching um one Jordan Montgomery go out there and completely shut down Tampa Bay because he used to be on the Yankees and it's really hard to uh, duplicate a great or at least a very solid left-handed starting pitcher. And the Yankees let him go for Harrison Bader, who also is no longer on the Yankee roster. So that move completely backfired on the Yankees in, uh, in a little over a year's time. And the team that is benefiting from it as uh Jordan Montgomery is on his third team now in two years, are the Texas Rangers. And he was incredible last night. It was the it was the kind of performance that the Yankee fans were hoping to see from him consistently, but it was something that we've at least that we had at least seen from him at uh times while in a Yankee uniform. And then we saw him do it uh in his first start with St. Louis. Against the Yankees, where he just completely shut down the Yankees, so again good good on Jordan Montgomery, but it's irritating when you see a guy like that just completely uh dominate when he was on your roster just a little over a year ago, as if that wasn't enough let's go uh let's go to today's game where uh Nathan Evaldi uh came out and pitched uh six and two thirds innings, giving up one run uh once again, showing how he 's a dominant force in the playoffs, and this is another guy the Yankees gave up on once he got uh an elbow injury and all he 's done since then anytime he 's made the playoffs, he has just won games, six and one in the playoffs in his career now um five of those games. Five of those wins as a member of the Boston Red Sox, um, you know, just irritating when you have a guy like that that was on your roster as the Yankees were getting ready to make that run to the postseason in in 2017, and they just they just let him go. They let him go for nothing, and he could have he could have been on a Yankee roster or two that. Made it uh, deep in the playoffs, and this guy has proven time and time again he's a clutch pitcher, and <laughs> he's done it, he's done it as a member of a Yankee rival, and as another uh, as a member of another American League team now. So great, great job, guys! Great job, Yankees! Way to give up on uh, all these good players that or these good pitchers that uh, that you had. Now, uh, as if that wasn't enough, let's go to Minnesota, who had uh, good old Sonny Gray pitch for him today and lead the Twins to victory over the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, he pitched five innings of shutout ball. Uh, this one I'm not as mad about because he was god-awful with the Yankees. He couldn't handle pitching in New York for whatever reason. But uh, he came. he came out with Minnesota and completely shut down the Blue Jays and, once again, irritating Yankee fans like myself. So the Yankees, watching all the pitchers that they, uh, that they had in their organization at some point, dominate with other organizations. It's an embarrassment. It's an absolute embarrassment. And then we got to watch the National League side of the house, Milwaukee and Josh Donaldson just get base hit after base hit after base hit after base hit hit. when he couldn't hit the broad side of a baseball. He couldn't hit a baseball to save his life. He, he had a one fifty batting average all year and now he's going to come into the playoffs and just, and just get hit after hit after hit. It's ridiculous at this point. I, I mean, my God. But the Yankees are, are okay with me with mediocre product because they're gonna keep the uh same people in the organization that led to their failure this year. And don't worry, they're gonna audit something and try and try to figure out why their uh analytics department suck. Um it's quite simple. When you're looking at launch angle and exit velocity for hitters and spin rate for pitchers instead of whether they can get on base and get get hits. <coughs> or, you know, get outs at the major league level. That could have something to do with it. But let's, let's keep looking at launch angle. Let's keep looking at exit velocity uh, from the hitter side of the house. And let's take a look at velocity and spin rate from the pitching side of the house. And uh, see if that'll still work. We all know it's not working, uh, but uh, let's, let's do an audit of it and see if we can figure out better, better ways to the process. They better figure out better ways to the process because what they're doing right now is not working. And if they keep doing the same things that they've been doing for the last seven, eight years, this team's going to get worse next year. They won't – forget about making the playoffs next year. They won't even be a 500 team next year if they keep doing what they've been doing. So they better figure it out and they better uh, take action on it right now to to improve this roster and improve the capabilities of this roster because uh, if they don't, next year is going to be another long year and uh, the only way the Yankees will – learn the lesson at that point is when fans actually stop showing up to the stadium. If, if that happens, then uh, we know it's affecting the wallet of, uh, of uh, Steinbrenner, which then that means actual action might be taken. But until that point happens, if they continue to uh, slide down the, down the standings next year, as they did this year, then you're not going to see much of a change. And that's unfortunate. I'm just being real with you. I I just don't see a lot changing from this past year to next year. And I'm going to be just as annoyed about it as every other fan is. Um, that's just the way it's going to be. Well, that's going to do it for me on this episode of the Are You Freaking Kidding Me podcast. Uh, stick around for the upcoming weekend episodes. Uh, I will preview the uh, college football games on Saturday uh, and the NFL games for Sunday. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody.